Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Recover Everything podcast, where we have honest discussions about everything in recovery and mental health. I'm your host, Chris West. Subscribe and listen on all the major streaming platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Give us a rating on that iTunes, Apple podcast thing. We uh, need them. Follow us on social media at Recover Everything. Go to our website, recovereverything.com to tell us a story. Uh, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. On this episode, we have Catherine D, who is the owner and artist for Dryer Days Art Studio. She does these really amazing paintings done in this really unique style of painting. It's very interesting. We talk about art, recovery, and kind of how social media, the internet, and things like YouTube have all played a part in the recovery community. I hope you enjoy. Sure. Yeah. All right. Nonchalantly. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, I'll definitely. I'll get something for you. So let's start. Um, hello, everyone, and welcome to Recover Everything podcast. I'm your host, Chris West. On today's show, we have Catherine D. Yes? Hi. Yes, that's me. And Catherine, you're someone who is in long-term recovery, but is also uh, an artist. Uh, yes. Do you, before we get into the art stuff... Um, can you give me a little bit of background on you? Sure. Yeah. Um, I just celebrated my seventh anniversary of sobriety in January. And, um, well, do you want the story? Do you want me to kind of give sure. a, a, the story? Okay. All right. Um, well, I uh, came from like a really normal family. Um, I was born and raised in New Jersey and we Jersey moved girl. to Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's and most of my extended family is still there. And uh, when I was in about third or fourth grade, we moved to a suburb of Columbus, Ohio, and we stayed for only about three years and went back to New Jersey. And um, you know, I had a solid group of friends, and I was running cross country, and just had a lot, you know, going for me. And my parents kind of decided one day that we were going back to Ohio and, um, it was devastating. And I was in high school at this point. And, um, <clears throat> so it was, it was a really hard time. I went back to Ohio kicking and screaming, begging that my parents would send me back to New Jersey, let me live with an aunt or something like that. And of course that wasn't happening. And, um, I was so mad at them that I just started to rebel. Okay. Uh, probably a little more than normal and was hanging out with older kids, I guess you could say, and started drinking and um, dabbling in some other things. And it just progressively got heavier and heavier. And um, I've always kind of been an overachiever and always a people pleaser. So even though I was really mad at my parents, um, they insisted I go to college and I went along with it, even though I wanted to go to cosmetology school. What college did you go to? And uh, I went to Bowling Green State University in Ohio. Okay. And 
Um, yeah. So I went there and the drinking continued and dabbling in a couple of other recreational things as well. But I, I managed to graduate and I kind of told myself, you know, it's the people that, that can't stop after college that are alcoholic because I knew I had family members in recovery and I knew the warning signs. I knew I was blacking out almost every time I was drinking. Um, I knew I was drinking excessively for someone my age and my body weight and everything. I was drinking a lot. And uh, so I graduated and kind of floundered for a little bit, trying to figure out what I wanted to do right after college and decided now was the time to go to cosmetology school. And of course, the drinking and all of that just kept on going, actually was getting worse. But I completed cosmetology school, started working at a salon. And about this time, an old friend from North Dakota, or I'm sorry, from Bowling Green, um, from college, had contacted me that he had moved out to North Dakota and I should come visit him. And I thought, oh, man, you know, North Dakota, I mean, what's what's there? You know what I mean? But I thought, well, I'll give this a shot. And I went out there and um, this kind of ignited a relationship for he and I. Within nine months, I was moving there. The per- the friend that told you to go to North Dakota, you, you started a relationship with? Yes. Yeah, okay. we started a relationship. So we had just been friends in college. We had never dated or anything. But when I went out there to visit him, um, yeah, I had started a relationship. And within nine months, I was moving there. But, you know, I took the drinking with me, of course. And it just caused so many problems. I mean, we were fighting all the time. And I was really out of my depth there um i love north dakota so much it's taught me a lot i've never been but i was yeah it's um it's beautiful and um but it just i was a city girl and we were living in the country and you know there's blizzards and i just had no idea what i was doing and um so i ended up leaving came back to columbus for about a month and was just on this downward spiral. I had no idea. What am I doing? I thought I was figuring my life out. I was moving out here to be with this guy. And um, I just was drinking every day. I didn't have a job. And I decide, well, I'm going to go back to North Dakota. (laughs) So I go back and I move back in with him. Uh, He, you know, we get back together in our relationship. And within the first week that I'm there, I get drunk. I'm in a blackout. I wake up the next morning in our house, but my truck is not there. And so I'm asking him, you know, where's my truck? What's going on? And I'm mad. I'm agitated. Of course. Right. mm -hmm. And he says, well, you don't remember? No, of course not. That was typical. And he said, well, it's a good thing you hit like a girl. What do you mean? What? Like I hit him. I had hit him the night before. Like with your fist? Yes. Yeah. And apparently there was like some kicking. Right. No, no, thank you. No, 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 no. Just with my fist. And there was a little kicking apparently happening as well. And I was just, I was mortified. I was so upset. I mean, I had had legal trouble with my drinking. Like I had several underages and, um, you know, it, it had interfered with things like my job and missing work and stuff like that. But I had never, when Bruce my Lee knowledge, on anybody. right, exactly. And, uh, and this is someone I love, you know, this is somebody I want to have a relationship with that I've moved here to North Dakota twice for now. And within a week of being back, I'm I'm hitting him, you know, so he went off to work and I just was a mess. And I called a family member that I know who has been through, um, a program of recovery and I called them and I just said, I got to do something. 
and I don't know what to do, but you know, my life's a mess. I'm, I'm my own worst enemy. You know, I kind of had come to that realization that it wasn't everyone else. Okay. You know, it was me. I was seeing the pattern here. And, um, it was that violence that kicked it off. You're like, Oh, <laughs> you, I really uh, should you know, take a different look at this then. If I'm yeah, punching people, I, I love. You know, I, <laughs> right. And I think it was kind of building this perfect storm. Like the fact that I had moved there and I had to leave and I was kind of just like worthless the whole time I was gone. And then here I come back and I've got this new lease on life. And within a week I'm screwing it up again, you know? Well, and, well uh, uh, good, good. He didn't hit you back. Yeah, no, he was sober. He had been at work and I was day drinking and he had come and picked mm. me up from okay. where I was because I couldn't drive, obviously. And um, so I get off the phone. This family member was encouraging me, look, you should probably start going to meetings if, if you don't want to go to treatment. Because at the time when I had moved back to North Dakota, um, myself and a few other girls were opening a salon in town. So the family member said, look, I know it's maybe not like a great time for you to take 30 days and go to rehab. But if you don't want to do that, at least start going to meetings. So I got off the phone with this family member and I called Mike, my boyfriend at the time at work. And I said, um, I got to I was so nervous to call him because I thought, you know, he he I mean, like when we would go out, we would drink, you know, with friends and stuff. Um, he did not drink to the excess that I did, but here I'm thinking this is really going to hamper our social life, right? Okay. How is he going to handle this? I was really afraid he would just say, well, we should just break up. Cause I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I had no idea what to expect. I was fearing the worst. I call him at work and I just said, I need to stop. And his, the first words out of his mouth were, what can I do to help you? That's super and nice that oh my gosh it it was exactly what i needed to hear at that moment and we just kind of went from there i i had three slips after that point um relapses but it, they weren't like binges you know they say i've heard in the rooms before it's really hard to have a, a belly full of alcohol and a head full of aa okay and it was like i would try to start drinking in these relapses and i would I like couldn't, <laughs> you know, I would just be like, I, I know I don't want to do this. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, it doesn't have the same thrill or whatever that it did because I've been going to meetings. I've been working with a sponsor. So, you know, the three slips happened, but now my, my date that I've had now for long term, um, is January 29th of 2012. Are you, are you still with this gentleman, Mike? Yes. We're married and we have two children now. Sweet. Mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, um, yeah it worked out. So during, <laughs> moving around and, you know, going to college and then going to cosmetology school, did you know that you were like an artist? Did um, you have like an well, inkling? A little bit. I mean, both my parents um, had been artists and um, with the hair school, I always felt very creative. I did a lot of writing as opposed to, uh, let's say, painting or drawing. Okay. Um did a lot more like poetry, creative writing type stuff. And my parents really nurtured that. So I didn't do a whole lot of drawing or painting um, growing up a little bit here and there, crafts, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. But I, I will say hair cosmetology school and meeting those people, um, that's a very creative group of people. Uh -huh. hair, yeah, hair is definitely, uh, hair and makeup is definitely an art of its own, for sure. Right. 
Yeah, definitely. So I think, um, you know, I was talking to a friend recently about sort of the different seasons of life. And I think at that point, you know, my creativity was sort of coming out in that way. And now in this season of my life, it's coming out in more of painting and, and resin art and that kind of thing. I get, so. I, I get what you're saying, like almost like different different chapters kind of. Right. So so writing was like the first kind of art to to stand out to you? Yeah. So when did uh, mm -hmm. painting start to peek its head out? Like and start to call come to in. You. Well, uh, so in North Dakota, um, yeah, I stayed. Obviously, we got married, and um, I worked at a salon there. And then I had, um, when I became pregnant with my first daughter, we decided to put a little shop in our house. So I continued to do hair part time, um, and then right when I had my second daughter, we moved. We left North Dakota and we moved to North Carolina. And, you know, when you give up your clients and everything, when you're doing hair, then obviously you're starting all over, right? You've got nothing, no clients, no money coming in. So we decided, well, since I have a two-year-old and a, and a newborn, I would stay home for a while. Let's see how this works, right? And um, I, I liked it, but I was starting to go a little stir crazy because I was so used to using my hands, um, talking to other people, you know, clients all day and things like that. So. I started doing um, mandalas, like hand-drawn mandalas and like zentangles first, just like fine line drawings, and, you know, things that I could kind of do in my lap with my kids there, like playing on the floor, I know you're you know, about. and then one day I was at Michael's and I just thought, I want to grab some paints and some canvases and sort of see what this, where this goes. And um, yeah, it just, like I said, kind of with the seasons of things that it, it it started sort of as one thing and it morphed into another thing. And then I started watching some YouTube channels and Cause, uh, it's a, started doing. From what I've seen on, on your website and uh, YouTube videos, you primarily do like this pouring method. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure the correct name for it. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Um, I got really into acrylic pouring. They're very wicked. Like, I mean, cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. There are some really, you know, very talented pouring artists out there, too. And um, there it's kind of like trending right now, this acrylic pouring technique. It's it's really popular. And uh, I, so one day, you know, I was just watching YouTube and I saw it and I thought, oh, I want to do that. You know, I want to learn how to do that. And so I did watch some other YouTubers and got everything that I needed. And uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's basically you're taking acrylic paint and you have to add a a medium to it to make it more fluid, right? So it'll flow all over the place. And yep. then you might want to add like a little water and some silicone. And it's sort of this gentle balance of everything. And um, there's so many things that kind of go into it that I started recording myself just because I didn't want to forget what I had done. Like if a painting was successful, I wanted to go back and watch that video to see what I had done. So you know what I mean? So your videos weren't uh, originally tutorials. They were reminders. Right. They were just like for me because I was sick of kind of doing all this stuff. And, you know, I'm doing this on my kitchen island with my kids running around. So I was sort of forgetting what I was doing. Okay. And so the recording of it really helped me to go back later. And uh, then I thought, well, I'm kind of getting the hang of this. And these are turning out pretty good. They, and they look, they look like geodes it. to me. Okay, so the the new the geodes that's like the latest stuff I've been doing, mm -hmm. and that is um, with resin pouring okay. and resin art. Yeah, so again, like the acrylic pouring kind of morphed now 
into this resin work, and that's primarily what I'm doing now. The mm-hmm. the older style, or I guess what you were doing, you said was acrylic, right? And those were yep. the ones with like the cells, and they look like almost like large galaxies. Yes. Very, very yes. cool stuff. Thank you, yeah. There's also fire and heat involved in your paintings. Yes. So you have to use a torch sometimes, or you can use a heat gun. Um, I was using a blowtorch, and that's, again, to kind of make those cells come alive. Mm-hmm. And the heat gun can achieve the same thing sometimes. Um, I now, with the resin work, primarily use the heat gun. I don't really have the torch anymore, but you can still use that. But some people are afraid, uh, you know, and I don't blame them for having, like, the open flame in their in their home or studio. Sure. Um, but, yeah, you can, you can use either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I've seen paintings that looked like this, but until I was researching you and watching your videos, I didn't, mm-hmm. I don't think I ever s- saw the pouring method before. Mm-hmm. But, um, and maybe this is me, maybe I'm, I'm stretching here, but I know it's different than actual, uh, not actual paint, but like painting a person or mm-hmm. like some fruit. Yeah. Cause, uh, yeah. it seems like more organic and more, more lifelike meaning, uh, you know, you can plan out what you want on this canvas before you're going to pour and you can layer your paints and whatnot. But uh, once you flip that cup, you, you have no idea what you're going to get. Right. And, and, um, and you, you just really kind of hit a nail. You just kind of got to improvise with mm-hmm. what you have and, and, and see the beauty in it. Yes. And I, I think that kind of that, to me that relates more to real life than a bowl of fruit. Right, right, right. Not saying well, there aren't and, beautiful paintings of fruit. Right, right. Well, and you really, I mean, got it there because with with the artwork for me, um, it has definitely served as a therapy and a huge part of my healing process in recovery. Um, and I, I've kind of talked about this before, and other uh, I was on another podcast where they, I was talking about my artwork and. Um, it, it's almost like I can go, I, I think I'm only in there in my studio for 20 minutes and I'm in there for three hours. And it's like this meditative state almost because it, it requires me to be present. You know, I have to be focusing right on what I'm doing. Cause like you said, you've watched the videos. I mean, it's yeah. When you flip that cup <laughs> yeah. and that paint is going everywhere, like you have to be there with what you're doing and you're focusing and um you have to surrender with yes and that was what i was gonna say too about because i've actually talked about this in another one of my videos is that it has you know so much of my recovery has taught me to let go and live life on life's terms and that is so much what acrylic pouring is i mean you really i mean yeah like you said i can put the paint in i can pick the colors but when i flip that cup it's gonna do what it wants to do you know, so you really, you, you hit it right on the, on the head there with that. Do you, um, do you set an intention before you start certain pieces? I, I'm, I'm not saying for all of them, but, um, are there ever ones where you're like, okay, this is what I'm feeling and here's a splash of red, <laughs> anything like um, that? Yeah. Especially if I'm doing like a custom piece, um, I'll really try to, quiet my mind and focus on that person and just sort of get impressions off of them. I get a lot of requests off of Instagram. So I'll go to their Instagram and 
really check out, you know, what their life looks like in pictures. And because, you know, these are complete strangers, like in California or whatever, people I've never yeah. met, you know. And so I'll just try to get a beat on them and, and kind of quiet my mind and, and start feeling what colors are coming to me. And I'll kind of ask them about it. Usually we're on the same wavelength. But if I am, yeah, just kind of going in to do a piece for me, it is sort of, I will sort of say something, you know, to the universe or whoever you want to say, like, you know, kind of guide me in this. Where should I be going? What should I be? Because there's a lot of different techniques of acrylic flooring too. Like there's the flip cup, there's the um, the drag, there's a string technique. I mean, there's there's a balloon technique. There's so many to I'll, pick from. And like I said, right now I'm doing a lot more resin work, but I'll, I will go in and kind of ask, you know, where should I go with this today? I really like the uh, string feather stuff too. That was nice. Mm, yeah, and I, fun. And I'll put up... Um, links to your youtube page and website when when we finish thank you i appreciate that very much so some people believe that uh certain stones and materials have unique properties some have healing properties do you ever use yeah. these types of materials in in your paintings i do yes um in the geode work i do i try to incorporate real semi-precious stones wherever i can um i actually just had featured my art at a um, Western Ohio wellness expo. And the woman who was putting this on is head of the like holistic wellness Facebook group for greater Cincinnati. And when I was there featuring my work, you know, it's a lot of uh, chiropractors, essential oils, Reiki, you know, more holistic sort of wellness people were there. Mm -hmm. And they're sort of looking like, well, what, what's this artist lady doing here? You know? And um, then they realize like, oh, these are geodes and she's got actual crystals in here. Um, because I do, I, I do believe that, that um, certain stones, you know, do carry these sort of healing properties. And um, I will, especially in custom pieces, really try to incorporate them in. And I'll talk to the client about that. So sometimes you, we were talking about setting intention. Um, are these, would you say mostly they're positive intentions? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you ever paint angry? I do. Um, I have before. And sometimes that turns out well. You know, I always try to feel like the, the piece is turning out how it's meant to. Right? Uh, yeah. But um, I do try to be probably in a more positive place when I go in there to work on stuff. Um, but, yeah, I do. I do um, paint sometimes angry. And uh, sometimes they come out really cool and sometimes they don't. And they got to, yeah, they got to go. But like I said, it's a really good release for me. It's like therapy. So I do try to honor that, that no matter what I'm feeling, you know, I do go in there and try to get the work done and, and release it no matter what it is. So you said that uh, when you first started out, you would videotape yourself, right? Uh, so that you mm -hmm. wouldn't forget. Uh, when did when did it click like, oh, I should do YouTube tutorials? Um, well, we actually uh, were in the process of, I said, you know, when I uh, was really getting into this, I was in North Carolina when I was really starting to paint and draw and all that. And uh, then we got a, a job offer to move back up to Ohio. And um, that's where most of my husband's family is from. And like I said, my parents were still in Ohio. So we were excited to get back to Ohio. And during that transition, um, I thought, you know, I think... I'm going to do a YouTube channel. It, it was really, we were living in an apartment, you know, before we could move into our house. And like I said, I have a very active mind. <laughs> it was just going, going, oh, this is like, you know, a new place and a new chapter. Like, 
what can I do that's new and different? And yeah, it just kind of clicked through a YouTube channel and I got the lights and I got a really, you know, a nice camera and, and just got the whole thing set up and ready to roll. And that was about, I started the channel just about a year and a half ago. I'm, I'm kind of a camera nerd. Um, so <laughs> Are you? I'm, I'm kind of curious what camera you have. Well, I'm kind of embarrassed to say because it's just, um, it's an iPad Pro is all it is. But yeah, it, it looks good. A, it looks really good. Yeah, it's got a really nice camera on it. And then I can just use iMovie to edit everything. It's really easy. So with having a YouTube channel and whatnot, um, subscribers, viewers, and like clicks are important to a growing business. How has that affected you with with having an, uh, an online business? Like how important are subscribers and clicks and, and, and stuff like that to you? Well, definitely, um, as far as the YouTube channel goes, um, just in this last month, I've hit 10,000 subscribers. And I don't know if, if this is like the YouTube algorithm or, or how this works, but definitely since I have hit 10,000 subscribers, I feel like even just in the last three weeks, I've had a thousand more subscribers almost, which that's way more than any other month when I was under 10,000. You know, once I hit that 10,000, it was like so many more likes, so many more views. Um, and then with, I have an Instagram uh, page also called Dryer Days that I kind of tie into the YouTube channel. And that just hit 10,000 followers. And so I feel like that also, I had like one little video, the time lapse video on there of me working on a resin geode. And it just like went viral out of nowhere. It got all these views and I just started getting followers, 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 and all these comments, all these likes. And then I just say, oh, well, and here's my online store. And it's definitely sent so much business over there to my online store. Um, so for sure, the subscribers, the likes, the follows, um, good reviews, definitely have an input on the business for sure. Um, so your, your Instagram, um, seems a little more uh, recovery influenced yes. than your yep. YouTube page, yes? Um, yeah, so the YouTube is definitely just more art. It's just art-based. Um, the Instagram account that um, you and I know each other on, the Own Self Be True one, that is just pretty much all about recovery. I'll sometimes post my artwork on there, but I do have another Instagram called Dryer Days, and that's just all art. That's pretty much all that I have on there. I had actually started that recovery Instagram around the same time I started my artwork. Okay. And it was sort of because, again, I was at home, right, with these two little ones in a brand new state. I didn't have any friends or anything. I was trying to stay active in my recovery. I wanted to stay sober. And I noticed on Instagram that there was sort of this community growing of people in recovery and I set up the account. I didn't have any pictures of myself at first. I was really going to stay anonymous. I was very active still in AA at this point and where I was living in North Carolina. Uh, the AA, I want to say, was like very conservative. So very much like this is anonymous. Like we don't talk about it. But then I was just, I had a lot of people in my life dying from this disease and I felt 
guilty that if I had maybe been more vocal about my recovery, that it possibly could have helped them or at least just shown them that there's another way to live. So then I started posting more. This is me. And, uh, you know, posting about AA. I, I love AA. I got sober in AA. I'm very passionate about that. Um, I don't go as much now. Um, and, but I definitely credit AA for saving my life. And I, and I do encourage, you know, newcomers, not necessarily to go into AA if they're not comfortable with it, but finding that community. And I have so many people, women that will reach out to me on Instagram. Just, you know, I have one day today and your posts, it, like, I really can identify with that, you know, and um, that's why I wanted to set that up, really, was to reach out to other women, other people in recovery and help each other. And um, with the art, it was kind of like, I didn't want to sacrifice the recovery Instagram and just start like spamming people with art. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because I don't feel like, I don't know how to maybe say this how I, I mean it, but I don't want to make money off of my story. Sure. I just want to share it and, and hopefully help someone. I I've done a fourth and fifth step like three times. I've gotten it out there. I'll share things in this kind of a, a medium with, um, you know, podcasters like you or, um, little tidbits on my Instagram, but I don't want to be like profiting off of this necessarily. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. Okay. So there's a there's a trend on Instagram that I uh, don't quite understand, and and mm-hmm. may not resonate with me. And I'm just curious on why it's so popular of these uh, inspirational quotes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I do. I post them. I will post a quote if um, it really sticks with me, like for that day like something that I can really identify with, but I, what I like to post are more um, excerpts from like daily reflections, which is AA literature or um, right now I'm really into, I've been studying a course in miracles for a couple of years now and I'm going through the daily lessons again. And so something really sticks out that I think other people might enjoy. I'll kind of take a a shot of it with my phone and post it. Um, What 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 are the course of miracles you said? A Course in Miracles. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a text and it's a workbook for students and it's a manual for teachers. And I believe it was uh, scribed in the 70s, I think. Um, and it was two psychologists, uh, very well respected in their fields, a man and a woman. And the woman basically told her colleague, I think I'm channeling Jesus, possibly. And she was afraid she was schizophrenic. She thought she was hearing voices. I would be scared of and that as well. Said, Yes. And um, he said, well, let's go with it. Let's see what they're saying. And they composed this entire text. And uh, it's really about um, us all being one and connected and um, living from a place of love and not fear. And uh, when I first got into studying it back in 2016, that was like the third time I had worked the steps. So I was doing that and A Course in Miracles. And you know, they say in the program, you may have the spiritual awakening. And I definitely sort of did around that time. Definitely. Sort and of. Uh, definitely sort of because I didn't have this like burning bush moment. Sure. You know, it was very gradual. 
you know, when I look back now, it's like I can see where my thinking was changing gradually. And um, now, you know, my husband and I are both Catholic. We got married in a Catholic church, but our views have, have changed a lot. And just trying to live being a good person and living from a loving place and not a fearful place. I will uh, say that how you described how that book was created by the lady who thought she was schizophrenic and her friend being open, you know, to mm-hmm. it. I immediately thought of your husband being completely open with you needing help. Wow. Yeah. I never thought about that. It just immediately connected mm-hmm. in my brain, which is wow, that's, pretty cool. That's a really nice thought. Yeah, it is for sure. You are also involved in a couple of Facebook groups involving mothers. Yes. Yes. It's it's one that um, I created and I just created it like at the beginning of the year. It's called um, Moms Who Don't Drink. I know I just talked about doing things from a loving place, but I created it kind of when I was mad. (laughs) It happens. Yeah. You were mad Um, because you love too much. (laughs) That's right. I just felt very passionately about this because, um, you know, I'm a mom and I'm a stay at home mom. Now I used to be a working mom. So I've kind of seen both sides and I just, I really don't like this mom drinking culture, this mommy needs wine culture. And so I decided I wanted to make a Facebook group where moms could go. Um, and I was shocked. I thought I'd have a lot of like old timers joining and, it's it's a lot of women with like they're brand new and they're curious about it, which I wanted that to, you know, I didn't have any stipulations of you have to be sober this long or you have to want to be an AA or working a program. Even if they're just curious about it, they're welcome. And just seeing the outpouring of love from the women who do have a little bit more of sobriety to these women of just words of encouragement and, and the inspirational quotes, <laughs> you know, I'm not, um, I'm not knocking those quotes. I just, I have no. a strict rule when I started the podcast uh, that <laughs> I will not uh, participate in, in inspirational quotes. I do inspirational right. audio. There you go. And and I, I'm with you. I mean, sometimes I will be scrolling and I just can't read all the quotes. But um, I think for me, too, like I don't I really don't enjoy posting a lot of selfies. But the truth of the matter is the pictures of people get more attention than the inspirational quotes. So if I've got something I really want to say, I'll take a selfie. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not 100% comfortable with selfies. I'm just not. Me either. So sometimes I got to put the quote in there because I just, it's just not a day I can selfie. (laughs) I have to take pictures with guests all the time. And Mm -hmm. every time I'm like, oh, you look fine. And then there's this guy Next to him. <laughs> Apparently that's me. No, you look great. Thanks. You do. Uh, I wanna, uh, let's get back to your uh, Facebook group for moms. Okay. Uh, right, why do you think this wine mom drinking uh, stuff, why is it Why is it uh, progressing? Why is it so popular? Because I know what you're talking about. I see it on, you know, sitcoms and this and that. And, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, mommy needs a drink. And it's like. Uh-huh. It gets a it gets a quick laugh, right? It does, and um, I, I know for me, 
so many people said getting sober and recovering is going to be the most humbling thing that's ever going to happen. I do not agree because becoming a mother has been the most humbling experience. Um, and, and staying home and and not having all this contact with the outside world and you're just with your kids, I mean, it, it can be very stressful. And so I get that there is sort of this call for a release, if you will. And um, for me, though, that's where I try to find other things, like I'll go for a run or I'll go work on a piece of artwork. You know, I don't uh, need to hit the wine, you know, and I don't want to say any of this from a judgmental place. We all have our own path. We all have our own beliefs. But it's what's troubling to me is I as I really feel like this is an sort of an unspoken problem. Um, you know, I know we have this opioid problem right now in this country, which we definitely do. I live, you know, relatively yeah, within distance yeah, uh, of Dayton. Like, so like it's like the top, right? It's like the epicenter, like Dayton, I think. Yeah. And so I get it. I know. But I think there's really a problem that we're not talking about because it's just it's at home. It's behind closed doors, you know, and it's women taking care of their kids. You know, we don't want to talk about it. And I wanted a group that was a safe place for women to come and talk about it. I, I definitely understand what you're saying, though, is that there's a, a theme that is that is pushed that maybe should uh, be looked at more closely and maybe well, isn't even just, and maybe isn't as funny as as everybody is making out to be. Right. And, and I think um, using it as a reward, I see a lot on Instagram, um, the people, you know, doing the fitness on Instagram. That's a huge kind of trend and community on there as well. Yep. And um, I will see so many women on there that I do it for the wine. You know, I'm, I'm doing the extra mile so I can have a margarita. Like alcohol is not self-care. It, it's just not. And, um, you know, some women can do it in moderation. I cannot. I know that that's something that I cannot do. And I think that there might be a lot of moms and women out there who kind of know it's a, it's a problem. I mean, I see it in my group. They're, they're thinking it's maybe a problem, but they don't really know what to do about it. And it's a coping mechanism. And and that's what I really had to learn. I mean, I've been sober now for seven years and I'm still finding new ways to cope with emotions and situations because it's not even an option. It's not even a, a glimmer in my mind to go pick up something to drink anymore at this point. But, you know, I've got some time in and I've really adjusted my lifestyle and so, um, but, you know, women who are in the thick of it and they've got little ones running around and they're sleep deprived. And I mean, I just think there needs to be more of a community and a support for those women. And again, it's, it's not like you're uh, picketing any of this. You're just here for support. No. You're not judging. Yes. You're just, hey. No. I'm here. You got some questions. You need some support. Mm -hmm. Come talk to me. What, what is that? Yes. What is that group called? It's just called Moms Who Don't Drink, and it's funny because if you misspell it at all, Moms Who Do Drink will come up, and that's got like a million members. <laughs> <laughs> My group has like 120, so let's let's keep y getting those Moms Who Don't Drink. Right, yeah. So if that's any inclination of kind of uh, where our society stands on that, I think that just answered the question. 
right? Uh, <laughs> so you have uh, these keep on pouring T-shirts. Yeah. Is that, is that you? Did you come up with that? Um, yeah. It's kind of a little uh, tagline I'll say at the end of my videos. It's, I'll either say keep on painting or keep on pouring. And on the T-shirts, it's like a little jug of paint pouring out. And uh, the irony was not lost on me <laughs> as I was making them about, I'm sure people might take this as like pouring a drink. Um, but no, it's about painting and it's just my little tagline, I say. And I've sold a couple of them. It's not like a big thing that I push, but uh, yeah. That leads me into uh, your name of your art studio, which is Dryer Days. Mm-hmm. Is that also... Uh, a play on recovery terminology? It is. Um, it's sort of a play on my last name as well. I know I said, you know, let's you do Catherine to, D. You don't have to Yeah, say. yeah, no, that's okay. Um, but it was, I, I kind of wanted a little bit more um, anonymity. And I did feel like that uh, pertained to my life in my situation, not that I want to just be dry. I know you've talked about in another episode what a a dry, you know, person is and not that that's what I'm aiming for, but it did just sort of seem to tie in. um, It clicked. As a good name for my studio, you know. Have you ever uh, made anything uh, that you just couldn't sell? They were like, no, this is too good. Um, yeah, there's a piece I have up in my room. I really like, um, deer heads and like the horns and the stag. That was my last question as well. (laughs) (laughs) Is the deers. I saw a lot of deers. Yeah, I, I do. Um, and ironically, my husband hunts deer, which sort of makes me sad, um, because I do love them. I, I think they're just so majestic looking and, uh, so I do. I have one in my bedroom that is very special to me and it will not be for sale ever. Is that the one you did the video on? Um, no. Oh, you, you but did. I think the one you're talking about I have sold. Okay. Yeah, that was it was pretty awesome. I was like, oh, deer, that's awesome. And then I seen some other yeah. deers and then mm-hmm. I seen some other deers and I was oh, she likes stags. Yeah, I do. I've done um, a couple elephants and stuff. I had a, a time again, kind of a um, a season where I was doing a lot of animal silhouettes and I was doing them in like uh, molding paste or sand type material. So the, it was very textured hmm. and uh, then just kind of doing them in, in different sort of color palettes. And um, so the, the stag has always kind of stayed with me. I've kind of gotten away from the elephants and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I love, love, love Would deer. You- would you say that it is your spirit animal? I would go, yeah, I would go as far as to say that it probably is. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you my spirit animal. It's an octopus. <laughs> oh, they're very intelligent and they have three hearts. Yeah. They're... I'm going to send you, I have a painting of an octopus that I did in my bathroom. I'll send it to you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, has there, has there been, uh, like any big, uh, style of art projects that you haven't done yet that you wanted to do? Oh yeah. With, um, the resin work, I definitely want to get into, um, doing, uh, like coffee tables and possibly even uh, countertops eventually, but I have a, a very large 
four foot in diameter round uh, in my garage right now that is going to be a big project that I want to make a coffee table with the resin. That sounds awesome. I, I am just really, it doesn't matter how many followers or likes or whatever. Any like when you were talking to me earlier and you said, I watched your videos, it, it's humbling. It's exciting. It, it makes me so happy. And it still is just sort of unexpected. I think because I just, I just love doing it. So I just do it because I love it. And when I hear that it actually has reached people and touched them, it just makes me so happy. I, I feel the same way when you said, uh, you, you know, you brought up something that was in a previous episode. I was like, Oh wow. She did listen. That's awesome. It, it, mm-hmm. it always really surprises me. I did want to tell you too, um, that I have been listening to your podcast oh, thank and, you. um, and I hope this is correct because I heard you mention this in one of your episodes, but um, did you start the podcast because you, someone in your life was in recovery and you wanted to like understand yeah. it more? Did I hear you say that? Yeah. Okay. Cause I mentioned that on there and I'm like, I hope I'm not way off base. Oh no, was no, like, you're, well, you're, you're completely correct. Um, okay. I mean, I can give you the, the lowdown if you want. Yeah. Cause I just thought that was awesome. Yeah. So, uh, and she has been my entire life and I mean, I knew kind of like what was going on and whatnot. And like when I was like 18, 19, it started getting like really bad. And then it's just progressively gotten worse as I've gotten older and I've put I'm it. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's, it's, it's. No, I know, but I know how it is. So. I mean, she's a really, really good person. She's just got, uh, her issues and. Yeah. So I put her through rehab and uh, she's still in active addiction. And so I was working at these rehabs and I went to film school and I've done short films mm-hmm. and uh, I've been in bands and I've done all this multimedia stuff. And I was like, I, could, I bet I could do a podcast. I, I know all this, you know, multimedia stuff. Like, what what should I do it on? There's this whole recovery aspect of my life that I have. And then so what ended up happening is I was like, but I don't know anything <laughs> about yeah anything and mm-hmm. and i was like well might as well go into it like head first in into that like all right if i don't know anything then say that and learn yeah but i mean i totally until i heard that in the one episode i would have had no idea i mean i i know that you have um like a psychiatrist or psychologist to co-host with you sometimes and stuff but yeah um yeah i mean i until you mentioned that, I had no idea. Like I said, I kind of mentioned that because she had asked me on that podcast episode, she said, what is something like you could tell the listeners that, you know, if they know someone's struggling or can you give them any advice? And I said, well, you know, just to be like interested and respectful. And then I said, you know, actually, I'm listening to this podcast right now and I'm pretty sure, <laughs> I said, I'm pretty sure the guy like started the podcast because someone that he loves and suffering. And, and, um, I said, I'm not saying you got to go start a podcast, but (laughs) that just seemed awesome to me. And I wanted to mention it on her podcast. So I really appreciate it. I'm glad I I got that right. Thank you for sharing that with me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think, um, I'm, I really, really enjoy your podcast a lot. I just want to say that as a side note, and I have listened to other recovery, um, podcast but i think and your voice is just so soothing and calm is it calming have you gotten that before yeah so when i edit i'm like Ugh, sound weird wow. and but everybody else is like oh you got a you got this nice npr voice <laughs> and i'm like hmm well i'll just keep keep going i guess no it's really good and 
sometimes with my videos when I'm editing, I have a little um, like a, um, oh, what's it called? Like a lapel mic or a collar mic. You know, it's just a little thing. A lavalier. And yes, yeah. And I'll hold it really close to my mouth and talk. And so on some of my videos, people are like, wow, your voice is really <laughs> relaxing. And then there's the times I can't find my mic and I'm just sort of yelling at my iPad to while I'm editing my videos. And uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a different animal. I will say this. I am not an appreciator of art. I know that's going to sound super shitty. I've been to the Getty. No. I've been to different <laughs> museums and nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, but no, yours, I, I was like, hmm. Yeah. It made me think. I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is different. Well, and I have to say, and we, and we can take this out if you want, but nope, when you contacted do. me, uh, well, okay, I'll let you decide, but I, you know, have listened to the episodes and I have to say all day I've been kind of, um, not nervous, but just, um, and I don't want to sell myself short, but so many of the people that you have had on your show, I mean, I listened to the guy that was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, you listened to that one? And yeah, yeah. And, um, and, you know, he's having these events for mental illness. And I listened to the guy who, I'm sorry, I'm not remembering their names right now, but um, there's no hero and heroine. Josephine. And, you know. He's my buddy. Yeah. Well, and he, and he started the school and then the guy you just had on the last episode um, with recovery and awareness and stuff. And I'm like, what am, what does he want to talk to me about? (laughs) I'll, 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 I'll tell you exactly. I, first of all, when I did the holiday episode, you were super cool mm-hmm. and sent me a video. That was step one. Yeah. And I was like, okay, she's cool. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> I actually looked at your art. You know, I mm-hmm. I think yeah. I think I surprise guests sometimes because uh, they'll have stuff out, and I'll look at it mm-hmm. and I'll read their books and then I'll do the interview yeah. with questions and they go, oh, you actually read? Yes, I actually read your book. I actually looked yeah. at your art. Uh, and then mm-hmm. secondly, when I did look at your art and started watching your videos, I was like, oh, so when I when I first looked at your website, I thought you were just selling rocks. I didn't understand they were paintings at first. <laughs> and I was like, wait, <laughs> these are paintings. And then I was watching the YouTube videos and I was like, oh, this is extremely interesting. And then I sat down and like thought about it. And, you know, after watching maybe 40, 30, 30 to 40. Of them, oh, my God. <laughs> wow. That's I've, amazing. Maybe. I I will say this. I do fast forward some parts. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I understand. Uh, I really like YouTube has the double click. You just go 10 seconds. Yeah. Ahead. But, right. Uh, so once I, I, I watched you actually paint, uh, it, the interest grew exponentially. Uh, so, I mean, that's why I, I mean, most of my questions were about you as an artist. And if, yeah. you, could, if you can talk about recovery, that'd be awesome, too. And you did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I don't, I, that's what you, I mean, it's just different perspectives, you know? I mean, yeah. And you have a unique perspective and you have really cool artwork. So that's why, that's why. Well, I appreciate that because I was feeling a little intimidated, but then I thought, you know, I think, I think my story is relatable. And I, like I mentioned, you know, I think there are a lot of women um, who live the kind of life I have where we're mothers and we have young kids or even older kids. And yeah, I think they're, um, I think that's definitely a a thing. And I think I, that is the whole reason I started the Instagram was to 
reach other people in recovery and connect with them. And I feel like I've done that and I do that on a daily basis. And with the arts and the YouTube channel, I wanted to help other artists because I knew it was, I mean, it's, it's a learning process. There's a lot that goes into it, as I've mentioned, and I wanted to make it easy and doable and not scary for other artists or budding artists. And um, so I, I just will say that in closing, you know, for somebody out there, if, um, you know, they think that there might be a problem, uh, that they're questioning maybe getting into sobriety, that there are so many communities, if they're unsure about a 12-step program or rehab, um, I have just found so much love and support on Instagram. It's amazing. I'm so proud of that sober community and the recovery community on Instagram. Um, and you're never alone. There are millions of people out there that can help you, that want to help you, that are here for you. And, um, you know, find your thing. Like, for me, I was, uh, what, 32 when I discovered the art thing? You know, I haven't been doing this my whole life. And I think everybody has their thing, whether it's writing or going to the gym or starting a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, find that thing. Find that thing that lights you up. Um, Because you have to find the joy in life. There is so much on a daily basis that we're inundated with on the news, um, just drama within family and our relationships. And you have to find that joy. That was really well said. I think that's it. <laughs> no, no. That... Well, I'm glad I finally said something well, because this whole interview, I've been like shaking. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like I'm finally relaxed. Can we I, start over? Uh, no, <laughs> we can't. But I will tell you from experience, this was a great interview. Uh, I think you were. Oh, was, thank you. It was super informative. I'm not even done. I still have a couple more questions. Oh, okay, that's fine. Uh, I only have two, uh, and they're ridiculous. <laughs> and I know you're not going to be able to answer one of them. Uh, okay. The first one. What's your favorite color? Blue. Oh well, you you did answer it very quickly. I have egg on my face. <laughs> and then the yeah. The last one is not a question. It's more of a statement. Or direction. Uh, tell people where they can find all of your stuff. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, well, the art on YouTube. The channel name is Dryer Days Art Studio, and that's D R Y E R D A Y S. Dryer Days Art Studio. Uh, my recovery Instagram is underscore own self be true underscore. And if you want to check out the art Instagram, it's just Dryer Days, same as the YouTube. And, of course, the Facebook group, Moms Who Don't Drink, if there's any moms out there who want to check that out. I I suggest everybody go buy some of Catherine's art. Uh, <laughs> it's super wicked cool. And it's extremely original. Like, no two painting is the same, right? That's correct. Yeah, it's pretty much impossible to try to make them identical. Yeah, I don't think that's a possibility. I appreciate that, Chris. Thank you so much, really. You're extremely welcome. And thank you for coming on the show. Don't leave yet. Thank you for having me. Subscribe. 
subscribe and listen to us on all the major streaming platforms and go to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and give us a rating. Follow us on social media at Recover Everything and go to our website, recovereverything.com.